shit back together in a two-day stay at Kaiser. I am back in business. Thank you, God equals the universe. It's gonna take more than a fall on the side of a mountain to take my ass down. Alright guys, what's on our agenda today? We'll catch up on the hospital stay. We'll talk shit about the politicians. And who knows what else? We'll talk about whatever else we want to talk about. And back by popular demand. We got an asshole of the week for ya. So buckle up, people. Friends, family, all over the world. Do us a favor and uh, grab your spouse, not your kids. We're rated R here for the language. <laughs> grab your breakfast or your lunch, a snickety snack. Settle in. And let's fucking get it. Alright, what's up, what's up, everybody? How's everybody doing? I made it, man. Surgery was a success. Got Tic Tacs. I've started physical therapy. They come out to the house. I'm rolling around on a McSuber special scooter. Uh, I do my own thing. Dinez cooks and does, you know, most of the cleaning, though, because... Obviously, because I can't walk for another two months. But I'm very active. I'm doing my best to stay very active. And sidebar, out front, as we get started, to all my friends all over the world that listen to us here at the grind and are sitting with a broke back ankle or foot, just like me. Let me tell you what I've been doing to keep my shit moving. I just want to share, you know, the good word, man, if... If you're sitting like this, like me, here's what I'm doing, man, to keep it moving. But uh, I ride that scooter wherever I go in the house. I carry a backpack. Why? Why do you carry a backpack, Chris? So I can load and unload my own things. My computer, my uh, writing material, whatever I need. My jugs of water, whatever. A, an extra pillow to put for my foot, you know. Whatever I need. I carry that backpack, and I ride that scooter about keeping it moving. Um, I also, I parked that scooter, that McSuper Special, next to my desk, you know, when I get in the office. I turn that scooter around like two, three times, lifting it up and putting it down. Lifting it up and putting it down as I turn it. Before, I park it so I can keep my muscles moving in my arms. 
I mean, I'm not working at the bar for a while. So that uh, quick movement that goes into working in, you know, the service industry or retail or whatever it is that you do, I might lose that pep. I'm worried about losing that pep, you know, that quickness. So I'm just, what? Yep. I'm keeping it moving. And uh, it seems to be, you know, it seems to be working out so far. I also got some tips on how to maneuver around and what to expect from my cousins out there in South Dakota. Melissa just went through this recently. So I knew a little bit about what to expect. And I've basically been, you know, planning and plotting out my moves throughout the day. So I can, you know, do most of it on my own. And if I can't do it, I'll know about it. And I'll ask Dinez for, you know, help. But I'm trying to make this an easy transition from being in a chair for two and a half months to starting to walk again. I do leg lifts and chair yoga. I am, I am not stiffening up. Hell no. But I'm, uh, all I can really do now is, is this East West Grind podcast. And, and it's a desk job. I'm super fortunate um, to have one of those desks that are automatic. You know, you can push a button and it you can stand up or you can sit down. Um, so I just put my foot under there and, you know, put it up. But uh, I got one of those like ergonomic chairs. Thank you, Google, for teaching me, you know, about ergonomics and how to sit so you don't develop back issues or neck issues. You know, I'm, I'm able to do like sit-ups and stuff from this chair. Not sit-ups, but you know what I mean, get my abs going. They fucking teach you just how many inches from this or that you should be sitting from your desk. And then when you're typing, that's what they teach you over there. And, and it cuts down those injuries, hopefully down to like nothing. And so I'm utilizing all that knowledge that they you know gave me. And um, I'm pretty fortunate right now to have that stuff. So uh, I'll just, uh, you know, keep sitting correctly and using the equipment. <laughs> And as for the systems we're talking on right now and all the connecting components like this, I learned all that shit about computers from working at Google, too. I didn't go to school to learn how to do this. I got crash courses and the Google, you know, the Google tech support and even the Google employees, they helped out. They all help, you know, help each other learn things if it's, you know, new and somebody hasn't seen it before. And, and maybe this... uh Maybe like being all this prepared, maybe is uh, maybe is the reason why it's you know I'm, it's not a dark place for me to be in right now because I got things to do. I'm not just sitting around all day watching TV. So all my friends and my listeners in this temporary situ- situation I am currently in right now that are just like me, keep your head up, my friends, and keep it moving. Say the black of the better, the sweeter the juice. I say the darker the flesh and the deeper the roots. I give a holler to my sister's own welfare. Tupac kids, if don't nobody else care. And uh, I know they like to beat you down a lot. And when you come around the block, brothers clown a lot. But please don't cry, dry your eyes, never let up. Forgive, but don't forget, girl, keep your head up. And when he tells you you ain't nothing, don't believe him. And if you can't learn to love you, you should leave him. Cause sister, you don't need me And I ain't trying to gas you up I just call them how I see 
You know what makes me unhappy? That. When brothers make babies and leave a young mother to be a cash. And since we all came from a woman, got our name from a woman, and I came from a woman. I wonder why we take from our women, why we rape our women, do we hate our women? I think it's time to kill for our women, time to heal our women, be real to our women. And if we don't, we'll have a race of babies that will hate the ladies that make the babies. And since a man can't make one, he has no right to tell a woman when and where to create one. So will the real men get up? I know you're fed up, ladies, but keep your head up. All riggedy ride. So I want to share a bit about my hospital stay and the people that took care of me. Uh, we got a lot of emails and DMs from people wishing me well and a speedy recovery. We got some gifts. I was genuinely humbled and grateful for these folks all over the world. Thank you so very much, my new friends. So let's go ahead and jump into it a bit now and catch up. So the surgery was Friday morning, the 16th, at San Leandro Kaiser. We checked in. Dinez was able to wait in the waiting room, so that was good. I felt, I felt happy about that. So they wheeled me into the operating room. There was a team of like six to eight people. Everyone was super nice, and I felt calm. The surgeon and everyone assisting him went through a safety, uh, safety check before knocking me out. So I got to experience it, what they were doing. And I got to tell you, that made me feel even more relaxed and calm. Why? Because his entire team, from the surgeon to whomever was doing the cleanup, had their standards checklists. What tools would they need? The anesthesiologist is like, okay guys, what's in the bag, bitch? And I mean that respectfully. They all did not want any issues to arrive, and neither did I, of course. So when they were asking each other, you know, who's got what? Show me yours and I'll show you mine type of thing. I felt like I was with a group of people who collectively knew what they all needed and had everything they all needed. I was calm. Then I woke up in recovery. I wasn't in much pain. Thank you, Kaiser orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Cook down there in San Leandro. Thank you, sir. Anyways, I wasn't in pain much, but this guy next to me, similar surgery, he was crying. He's like 40 years old and he was crying for more pain meds. Like a little boy bumps his elbow crying, that type of crying. And I'm eating my ice chips like this guy could never have kids. Me and Danez were looking at each other like, what the fuck? What the fuck, Arrowhead? Then I got a room, like with a view. I ordered my food through the TV, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It was like a hotel. People were regularly in my room, changing out water and ice. I had egg salad sandos for an afternoon snickety. I was trying to milk a few more days in there. Kaiser has really stepped up its game in care. In, in, in my experience, you know, at that specific San Leandro Kaiser, they have stepped up their game. And since my ankle injury, you know, at home and in the hospital, there's not been much for me to do except sit in my recliner, do my yoga, my exercise, whatever, keep moving, and flip through the channels. 
roll around the house in my McSuper special on loan? Did the little piggy cry wee, wee, wee all the way home? Your home. Oh, cool. Thanks, Mrs. A. But since being confined to my chair and, you know, flipping through the cable channels, doing my yogas, you know, keeping it moving, here's what I found out. Drew Barrymore, everyone knows her, but Drew Barrymore has her own talk show now. I love her. So you know I started the DVR on that shit. Maury Povich is still on the airwaves like this. Drew, come on out. Raped you, but if I raped you, then how'd you get? I'm a guy. No, right. I'm a dude. If a girl is on top of me, yeah, no, it doesn't matter. It is how it works. Are you You have to want it. In the case of 11-month-old Lila, Drew, you are not. Nothing more, nothing less. That is what Maury Povich does. And he's made millions of dollars off of a fucked up America. Seriously, what is going on with people that they don't even know who the father of their kid is? And that father is between like three and four men. What the fuck, Arrowhead? Yeah, what the fuck? Maury is like 30 seasons deep in baby daddy drama. He's got kids of moms who went there like 20 years ago to find out who their baby daddy was, and now that kid of the mom that was on the show back in the day is on Maury trying to find out her baby daddy. I mean, that is poverty and lack of educational, you know, the cycle that needs to be dealt with. Put money into public school systems, politicians. God damn it. And then we got uh, Jerry fucking Springer. I used to watch Jerry back in the day. I used to watch him too. Hold on. Now he's got another TV show. Motherfucker is a judge. Judge Jerry. I was in shock. If you're wondering how we got the Kardashians, Flavor of Love, Celebrity rehab, Donald Trump, look to the grand poopahs of the viruses that are reality TV. Jerry Springer and Maury Povich. Geraldo Rivera, you didn't make it. But people look to those shows to feel better about themselves. Me? I look at them like this. What the fuck, Arrowhead? I don't get it. I just don't get it. All right, let's get into some politicians right now. Listen to Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas last week on Capitol Hill. Real quick. And this right here, this is going to set me the fuck off, okay? Be right back. I guess somehow allowing members to finish their statements, which are guaranteed under the committee's rules, have somehow become inconvenient for the scheduling preferences of our Democratic colleagues. Or perhaps the committee's meeting had been mismanaged and they were worried about the two-hour rule. And it wasn't just me. My remarks were interrupted. At least one Republican senator didn't have an opportunity to speak at all. The Democrats simply broke the rules 
and voted out Mrs. Gupta's nomination not in accordance with Judiciary Committee rules. There must be consequences when the Democrats break the rules. And here's what the consequences are going to be in this case. I will refuse consent or time agreements for the nomination of any U.S. attorney from any state represented by a Democrat on the Judiciary Committee. There must be consequences when the Democrats break the rules. Are you fucking serious, Senator? Where have you been for the last five years under Trump? Let's talk about breaking rules real quick, Senator Cotton. Trump appointed him, himself appointed acting positions to people who could not pass confirmation in the Senate or in Homeland Security background checks. Remember Chad Wolf, acting United States Secretary of Homeland Security? Look him up. Chad Wolf was a motherfucking lobbyist. And under his acting, air quotes, Homeland Security title, it'll say de facto or unlawful. And Chad Wolf was not the only de facto acting appointee that Trump named. Trump didn't give a fuck about the rule of law or our Constitution. His rotten kids could not pass security background because of their own past shady business dealings, but were given a pass by Trump to obtain clearance because he, Trump, was the president. And that is cool with people? That is cool, Senator Cotton? Why? Why doesn't it bother you that everyday Americans couldn't take a position in our government just by keeping their nose, you know, clean throughout their life? But some known criminals that are connected to the president can get a pass and obtain positions and clearances. Why would we want people who could not pass our country's security clearances into a position serving the American people? or on the national stage. Why? How credible can someone be, yet they cannot pass a security clearance? Draw the connection, my friends, please. Use logic skills, John Doe. Puh, fucking lees, my man. The Republicans have some goddamn nerve talking about rules when they've thrown out our country's rules collectively over the past five years. And on this topic, I'd like to leave you with something that'll probably morph into something else. But hang in there with me, friends. In the world, the free world, democracies, everyone looks to us, the United States, as a role model, or at least they used to. Biden is trying to rebuild that reputation on the global stage now. But as the role model or standard barrier for how a government should treat their people for opportunity, for a chance, quality, just on a humanitarian level, it is America that people all over the world seek and fight to come to. It is the country that my great-grandparents on both sides came to for opportunity. Most motherfuckers came from somewhere. America didn't exist when your families started to procreate. Lineages go back centuries. Our country is less than 250 years old. What do you think? That's when people came into existence? When America was established? No. Unless you're Native American, you came from somewhere else. You may have been born here, but your ancestors came from some other place. 
That is f-hacked fact. But we are an imperfect nation. We got some stank in our history, in our present, and we're one of the youngest countries. We're still evolving, and our mission is to deal with countries who share our values. Canada, France, Britain, Japan, and Japan. Yes, Pearl Harbor. Yes, I am aware of that history as well. America handled that. We handled Germany. We handled Italy. Italy had Mussolini. But look up the AXIS alliance, A-X-I-S alliance. America and their allies, even Russia at the time, handle shit. It's equivalent to like the same way you handle a friendship in that I'm not a murderer or a criminal. I have nothing in common with those types of of individuals. I don't live that lifestyle. Therefore, I don't hang out with murderers or criminals. That seems logical, right? Those same principles apply in government. Our country deals with people, countries, who share our constitutional values, who treat their citizens fairly, and we keep an eye on how other governments are led. And when need be, we get involved if, and by if, I mean when human, you know, human beings or human rights are being violated. That is our role as Guardians of the Galaxy, motherfucker. Respectfully. Sidebar, real quick, real quick. For those that are thinking, that are thinking, hey, it's not our problem. What goes on in other countries? You guys stay on your side of the fence, and we'll stay on ours. Fuck that shit. Walls, cages, egos, crybabies. My dick is bigger than yours. Listen, you guys, get over yourselves. This is not how you lead, my friends. Shutting the blinds to problems in other countries? That's not what leaders do. And that's not historically what America and its allies do. We confront shit. We get our friends, and we fucking handle business. If we didn't, what do you think would happen? What happens with a fire that is smoldering, that is not dealt with? It takes down the entire forest. That's what happens. And that is why America gets involved when crazy shit starts to go down in other countries. So it gets contained before it reaches other countries, our country. You know, you got to contain shit. But the best factual example I can use is this fucking pandemic. Episode four, five, six, seven, I don't know, all of them of the East West Grind podcast. We've been talking about the pandemic. But had Trump not trusted, Xi Jinping, when he said, it's no problem, we got it under control. And we had very few. We took in 32 people. 
over the last two days because they were sick and they're Americans and they're uh, great people. You know, what are you going to do? They're in quarantine. Uh, but we had essentially 12 people. Many of them are getting better now. Soon they'll all be better, we hope. And we're watching very carefully. So we've had a very, very good stretch of, uh, let's just say we're fortunate so far. And we think it's going to remain that way. China is working very, very hard. I've spoken to uh, President Xi, and they're working very hard. And uh, if you know anything about him, I think he'll be uh, in pretty good shape. They're, uh, they've had a, uh, a rough patch, and I think right now they have it. It looks like they're getting it under control more and more. They're getting it more and more under control. So uh, I think that's a problem that's going to go away, but we lost almost a thousand points yesterday on the market and that's something you know things like that happen where and you have it in your business all the time had nothing to do with you it's an outside uh, source that nobody would have ever predicted if you go back six months or three months ago nobody would have ever predicted but let's see i think it's going to be under control and i think uh, i can speak for our country for our country is uh, under control but again we do business with a lot of other countries. We take care. We work with other countries. We want other countries to be happy, healthy, and well. They've got to be happy, healthy, and well. It's very simple. And uh, so let's see how it all works out. But I think it's going to work out fine. I hope so. We'll- yes, sir. It could have been predicted. It was predicted. And our country under Obama had prepared to protect the American people and the world in the event of a global pandemic. How? How'd they prepare? Good question. By assembling a pandemic team back in, I think, 2012, I think it was, I don't know, 13, 14, I don't know, one of them. But they assembled a pandemic team to deal with this type of shit when it arises. And had Trump not dismantled that pandemic team in 2018, look it up, you can find it. We went over this shit too, several episodes back. But for our new listeners here and all over the world, all the newbies, we'll catch you up too. Welcome to the East-West Grind, my new friends. Welcome to the show. But those are all stone-cold facts of history I just went over. All that shit happened. The pandemic team was created to identify illnesses like COVID early on and get into those countries and put those smoldering fires out before they could you know, take over entire forests. See, that makes sense, right? If you don't handle shit, it spreads. Well, this past president intentionally or unintentionally did not, did not handle the warnings from the WHO, from his own intelligence agencies, from our trusted allies, and that smoldering fire in China that was COVID-19 became a global forest fire. I am putting out two fires in there, and I turn around to find out that you have set fire to the fucking fire truck? The level of incompetence in this office is staggering. Staggering. Now let's get back to the humanitarian issues uh, in other countries we were talking about like 10 minutes ago. Let's go to Hitler in Germany real quick. Here's an example, a quick side note, a little history. If you're Adolf Hitler in the 1930s and 40s, America rounds up their friends, other countries, their allies, 
And we go in and liberate the German people from their own government, their own fucking government. Think about that. Other world leaders had to come in and save the citizens from their own government. That's how bad it was. But we were at the gates, all of us, from other countries, about to knock shit down. And boom! Hitler and his lady are so scared of the American troops and their allies getting him and holding him accountable for fucking sending six million of his own people to death. Most had to walk into what's equivalent to a fucking oven. A fucking oven. Forced to walk into it. Fuck you, man. But while our grandfathers from this nation and other nations were at the doors of Hitler's compound in a bunker, miles, you know, under the ground. He was in a bunker and about to bust shit down and cuff him and stuff him. Yep, you guessed it. That was the last scene in Scarface. Tony Montana, sitting there knowing the cartel was on his property and they were coming for his ass. What else could Tony Montana do but take the biggest fucking line from the biggest fucking Coke Mountain, grab his guns, and go down blazing and take out some of those fools with him? You know what I'm talking about. We've all seen Scarface like a hundred times over the years. Me. But Adolf Hitler, he too took one of his last hits or pills. And the motherfucker didn't take anyone with him but his lady that day. And he took his own life with his own gun. That's a lying, manipulative coward. That's who he was. Without his drugs, without his drug addict Nazi troops, he was nothing but a cowardly little man. And once it was over, when Hitler was dead and out of power, America and our allies in the Soviet Union, Britain, etc., helped Germany set up a government that worked for all their citizens. Germany was poor and struggling under Hitler. Not Hitler himself or his people. They all had the money. And him and his people were on that good, good meth for whatever form it took back in the 30s and 40s. I'll put a clip from the History Channel in the notes that'll lead you down a rabbit hole of history. It happened. It was documented as it unfolded at the time in the world. And please don't try to tell me that historians from those times and articles about Hitler the Nazis and the drug abuse or the fake news bullshit that they put out. in the, You are on some other shit if that is what you believe, that it, wasn't, it didn't happen and it was fake. There are fake shits going around on the internet now as we speak that are claiming that the Holocaust did not happen and that Hitler was a great leader. This should make us all stop and reevaluate what we're consuming in terms of news, 
People are trying to convince younger generations that the Holocaust is a hoax and did not happen. This is how you change a culture of people. That's the mindfuck. You get in their minds and you convince them that what they know to be true or what you see with your own eyes, that it didn't happen. Similar things with other countries, like the European Union. They're big abuser. But it's all working out. And just remember, what you're seeing and what you're reading is not what's happening. And I'll tell you, I have so many people that are so in favor. Because we have to make our country truly great again. Remember? Psycho. But someone is trying to normalize the killing, the burning, the murder, the genocide of approximately 6 million Jewish people under that Hitler leadership. Why? Why would people not want the next generation of the world to know what really happened in Germany? Check your kids' history books. Make sure they are being taught about that time. That's the only way we make sure shit like that never happens again. Because I'm sure you've all heard the term, history repeats itself. If one's not careful, it does. And knowing the drug abuse history of Adolf Hitler, facts. If you are, if you're a drug addict, chances are you have drug addicts around you. They're your homies. That's how it goes. If you're a square, you hang out with squares. We're talking day-to-day life. Everyone knows a drug addict. America has one of the worst drug problems in America. So chances are you either know one or have one in your family or you work with one and you recognize the patterns. Joe Biden, for example, his son is a recovering addict. He doesn't hide that. In fact, Hunter Biden now works to try and keep people off drugs. But see what I mean? Everyone knows someone. I'd also like to add that President Biden's son has or plays no role in government, nor should he. Now back to liberating Germany. Germany is an ally of America and of other democratic countries. They have a female scientist as their chancellor or president in Angola. I got a crush on Barack Obama Merkel right now. Oh, yeah. But do you think had America kept their nose out of what was going on in Germany in the 1930s? Do you think a woman or anyone else in their right mind, for that matter, would have an opportunity in Germany as an elected official? Ever? Hell fucking no. Hitler was trying to create a dynasty to hand the country over to people like himself. That's how high he was. He thought the world would just sit back while he killed six million of his own people and all would be good. This is your brain. And this is heroin. This is what happens to your brain after snorting heroin. 
this is what your body goes through. Wait, it's not over yet. This is what your family goes through. And your friends and your job Any questions? All right, let's take a quick break and put this ankle up for a bit with some ice on it. Stand by as Brianna Keeler takes us on this quick little break. It'll be about four minutes of your time, but like an hour for me. But uh, we'll see you in a few, okay? Usually when a former president gives his first interview after leaving the White House, they wait longer than three months and they have something new to say. In Donald Trump's case, unfortunately, it was neither. He sat down for Sean Hannity's propaganda hour. And just like person, woman, man, camera, TV, we've heard these hits before. January. It was a total fraud. I've rebuilt the military. Nobody was tougher on Russia. That's double, tripled and quadrupled coming in because that's pouring in right now. Drugs are pouring in. If you look at mainstream media or, as you say, lamestream, so I got yeah. tremendous yeah. Numbers, nobody's ever gotten the numbers I got. Lisa McCaskey's a disaster. The China virus or whatever you want to call it. And you're going to see a lot of big things. Russia, Russia, Russia. Five and a half years of investigations and hoaxes. You get impeached for doing nothing wrong. Very unfair. Then you get a second impeachment for doing nothing wrong. I could write a great book. As far as North Korea is concerned, I have a great relationship with a certain man that's got great power over North Korea. Getting along with Vladimir Putin is a good thing. And I got along with them very well. Of all the times to proclaim this, the U.S. just took action against Russia for its unprecedented hack on the U.S. government. A Russian dissident is said to be dying in prison. And the Russians are staging tens of thousands of troops along the Ukrainian border. Objectively, there is a lot to ask Donald Trump, including how the multiple investigations that he is facing post-presidency are poised to derail a potential run for the White House that he keeps teasing. Instead, this. Welcome to Hannity as we continue as we're broadcasting from Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida. I know a lot of people that are around you every day. This is what they're all telling me. You are working as hard as you did when you were in the White House, except you play a little golf more. That you're keeping an insane schedule seven days a week. You, You really don't stop. Stop, won't stop. And won't stop the conspiracy theory either. This is what they discuss literally from a retirement home in Florida. Let's start with Joe Biden. Now, I get criticized because the Joe Biden I see now, I can show you tapes of him in 2016. I could show you tapes of him in 2012. And to me, he looks extraordinarily weak, frail. I think it's very transparent. He's struggling cognitively. Well, well in fairness, his aide said that the wind, it was yeah. very windy. The wind might have blown him over. Did the wind ever blow you over when you well, were? Well, Air Force One is a very big plane. And usually what they try and do is shield the wind. Let me ask the question from this perspective, because there are hostile regimes and many hostile actors on the world stage. I'm sure they're studying Joe Biden. Do you are knowing what you know, things that I wouldn't know? Are you concerned about their perception of an American president that seems somewhat frail and weak? Let me ask this. He's so he, Joe Biden's been in Washington 50 years. He's the ultimate swamp creature. If there is anything newsworthy from this mean girl group chat, it is Donald Trump telling his skeptical supporters whose vaccine hesitancy may prevent the U.S. from reaching herd immunity in the non-mass casualty way 
to get vaccinated. You know, they all want me to do a commercial because a lot of our people don't want to take vaccine. You know, I don't know what that is exactly. Republican, I don't know what it is. You encourage people to get it. I, I encourage them to take it. I do. But they want me to make a vaccine. Did you get it? They want, Yes, I did. They want, I had it and I took it. Okay. Took it in January. Americans didn't find out he had until March, about six weeks after he left the job. And now Sean Hannity is pulling teeth to get Trump to tell his supporters that it's safe and necessary. Maybe if he promoted these shots in the arms, the way he promoted the conspiracy theory of Biden getting, as he put it, quote, a shot in the ass before he won the election, maybe some people would actually listen. All right. All right. Did you guys watch that interview with Sean Hannity? I did. Trump and Sean Hannity. It was just a repeat of 2015. He came back with the border wall, which Mexico didn't pay for. Mexicans are not sending their best. They're bringing drugs. They're crime. They're rapist. I mean, it was the same shit. He's hoping people forgot his angle from his campaign in 2015. I mean, people are on to you, sir. They know. You got 12 million more votes this time, but it still wasn't enough to beat Joe's 81 million votes. People were sick and tired of the America you were trying to create. Kick those rocks. Bye, Felicia. What's up, Smokey? Nothing. What y'all smoking on? Nothing. What you want? Oh, I need to borrow your car right quick. What kind of shit is that? Most people want to borrow sugar. They even ketchup. You want to borrow my car? Hell no. Hell on. Well, let me borrow a joint. You need to borrow a job with your broke ass. Always trying to smoke up somebody's shit. The hell on, Felicia. I'm gonna remember that. Remember it. Write it down. Take a picture. I don't give a fuck. Quick. Bye, Felicia. All right, next in the hopper, we got the New York Times released an article on April 14, 2021, titled Overdose Deaths Surge During the Pandemic. I'll put the article in the show notes. This is sad, but we saw it coming. The mismanagement of this pandemic resulted in the shutdown and the shelter in place to minimize the spread. It had to be done to protect the public at large. And even with the shelter in place, you know, wherever they were, we still had millions of cases. And the death toll is almost like 600K that we know of. We knew this would happen. I knew it. I talked about it on Facebook Live with my colleagues, with my peers in the Fan 5, late February 2020. See you in a minute and hoping they can financially make it through this shit. Six million claims just last week. That's a lot. Uh, They're dying from the virus, the elderly people, people with weak immune systems, everyday people, your mom, your aunt, your grandma. They're falling victim to their addiction out of boredom, being cooped up, so they use more drugs more often and die. People who use drugs and alcohol recreationally are falling deeper into that vortex, also out of boredom, which may evolve into reclusive behaviors, which will then create personal struggle as people move back into normal life. 
once life outside of the home resumes, and it will at some point. This will result in anxiety, suicide rates will go up, people will then turn to Big Pharma to deal with that anxiety and stress. Prozac, Xanax, which will then create more addiction, more side effects, equals dependency, equals control. Social science, it's a thing. There's a cultural shift happening. I hope everyone's paying attention. This time will be in the history books for sure. That was us, late February, early March, before we got picked up for the East-West Grind podcast. Sorry for the quality. It was when I was first starting out doing some social media advocating, uh, some videos straight to Facebook and LinkedIn. And then I, you know, I just upload them all to the YouTube one day just to archive them all. But anyways... As a student of political science and societies and cycles, it's one of my most passionate hobbies. I knew that ODs and drug abuse increase rates were coming. And the fact that the Trump administration didn't even think or worry about the chain of events that would happen as a result of this virus getting loose in America and the shutdowns that were that result of the virus getting loose. He didn't give a fuck. He just continued to golf, live his life, his best life, like nothing nothing had happened. But this should be just one more reason why he, his kids, anybody connected to him should stay the hell out of politics and away from the taxpayers' dollars. The audition's in a couple of hours and I don't even understand the game. Well, do you want some help? Oh, really? That'd be great. Hey, you guys can be the contestants. Awesome. Okay, I guess we can lose to junior high girls some other time. <laughs> All right, let's play Bamboozled. Bamboozled? Yeah, isn't that a cool name? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, our first contestant is Ross Geller. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Ross? Well, uh, I, I'm a paleontologist. Um, I, I live in New York. I have a son, Ben. Uh... Hi, Ben. And, uh... I said a little bit, Ross. Now, how about you, Chandler? Well, Joey, I'm a headhunter. I hook up out-of-work Soviet scientists with rogue third-world nations. Hi, Rasputin. Excellent. Let's play bamboozled. Chandler, you'll go first. What is the capital of Colombia? Bogota. It's Bogota, but close enough. (laughs) Now, you can either pass your turn to Ross or pick... All right, let's get into some gossip... Shout out to the Bay Area local leadership, local, the mayors and such. Fremont, Newark, Union City, Redwood City, all the participating leadership here and in in and around the San Francisco Bay Area. But this is an article from our beloved NBC Bay Area, April 13th, 2021. I'll put it in the show notes for you to read, but it's in regards to to the cities and counties working together to tackle homeless, homelessness and, you know, other issues. Let me read an, an excerpt from the article real quick. Quote, by working together, we're going to be able to change the trajectory of a whole number of initiatives, including how we fund permanent supportive housing, how we fund the services that people need. Chavis said, Chavis, Chavez said, 
All Home founder and CEO Tamaquia Moss said this is because counties can communicate and work together to find gaps in funding. It goes on to say this is necessary because resources are often specifically tied to local or county jurisdictions and cannot be shared across geographies, geographics, whatever. Um, It goes on to say our region is interconnected and we need to have our policies and systems be connected in a way that allows people to be served. The coalition, that was an quote, but by the way, the coalition includes the mayor of San Francisco, Oakland, Santa Fe, local elected officials from like nine Bay Area counties. Facebook is on board with this. Salesforce is on board with this. Kaiser, Goodwill, the Destination House among many other partners. And this is a great, this is a great idea. I think this is fucking fantastic. The leadership of the Bay Area working together to solve problems in the communities as a whole. Everybody working together. Great, great article here. Uh, April 13th, 2021. It sounds oddly similar to this episode 7 of the East West Grind podcast released December 16th, 2020. Take a listen. You decide. See you on the other end of this. Okay, here's an idea. And let's let's use the Bay Area because that's where I'm at. How about at the local level, like, you know, like the mayors, Oakland, San Francisco, San Mateo, Fremont, whatever. You know, of course, all the surrounding areas are, or maybe by county, I don't know. But how about all you elected leaders come together and say, Let's use the schools again, but say, here's what we're up against. Fremont has a high success rate in their public schools, but their neighbors, Union City, it's not showing the same results. Just an example. But you guys, you elected officials, elected locals, collectively resource or help out the Union City schools to bring them and their students up to the same successful results as the Fremont schools. And if Fremont is weak in one area that Redwood City may be strong in, Redwood City comes in across the bridge to assist Fremont in their areas of opportunity. Why don't you guys do that? We're all neighbors in neighboring cities. Our kids probably run into each other. That'll work. Are you guys doing that already? I don't, I don't think so. I don't see it. And you know what? You guys, you elected... Locals, after this is all over, go on a field trip collectively to the most struggling areas in your cities. Look around and ask each other, what can we do to make this better? That's what elected officials should be doing, in my opinion. Oddly similar to our idea in communities helping each other out. Oddly similar. Look, I studied karate for a long time. (laughs) And there's a concept you should really be familiar with. It's what the Japanese call unagi. Unagi, local leaders. All right, let's move on. All right, let's rock and roll. Little foosball? Yeah. All right. All right, all right, all right. And back. My popular demand is our fucking asshole segment. I cannot tell you 
how many messages and or emails we get when we miss this asshole shit. Huh. Asshole. Shit. <laughs> All right. Our asshole this week is none other than Congressman Jim G.Y.M. Jordan. Jim Jordan tried to bully Dr. Fauci on the Hill last week. Here's that clip. This will end for sure when we get the level of infection very low. It is now at such a high level, there's a threat again of major surges. Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci, over the last year, Americans' First Amendment rights have been completely attacked. Your right to go to church, your right to assemble, your right to petition your government, freedom of the press, freedom of speech have all been assaulted. I mean, for a year now, Americans haven't been able to go to church. Even today, when they go to church, they're limited in the size of, of, of worshipers who can meet. Your right to assemble? Oh, my goodness. We had a curfew last fall in Ohio. You had to be in your home at 10. In Pennsylvania, you had to be in your home. Uh, when you're in your home, you had to wear a mask. In Vermont, when you're in your home, you didn't have to wear a mask, Dr. Fauci, because you weren't allowed to have yeah. people over to your house. Yeah, yeah Congressman Jordan. Your ability to petition your government well, for a year, for a year, American citizens haven't been able to come to their capital to petition their government to talk to their representatives and freedom of the press. These very pictures that Representative Scalise just showed you and talked about, Guess what? The press isn't allowed in those facilities. The press is not, the Biden administration will not let the press in there. And certainly freedom of speech. I mean, freedom of, uh, governor of our third largest state meets with, with physicians and that, and that's, that, that video is censored because they dare to agree, disagree with Dr. Fauci. So I just want to know when do Americans get their First Amendment liberties back? You know, I don't think anything was censured because they felt they couldn't disagree with me. I think you're, you're making this a personal thing, and it isn't. It's not a personal thing. No, you are. That is exactly what you're doing. No, your recommendations carry a lot of weight, Dr. Fauci. We just had the, the chair yeah. of the Financial Services Committee said she loves you, and you're the greatest thing in the world. Will My the recommendations yield? are consistent. Will the gentleman yield? No, it's my, it's my now, time. Can I answer the question, please? My recommendations are not a personal recommendation. It's based on the CDC guidance, which is which is. And which I'm asking the question, what measures have to be attained before yeah. Americans get their First Amendment liberties back? I just told you that. I no, you haven't you. given anything specific. You said we hope when this third. Tell me specifically. Right now, right now, we have about 60,000 infections a day, which is a very large risk for a surge. We're not talking about liberties. We're talking about a pandemic that has killed 560,000 Americans. I, I, and That's I get what that, we're Doc, talking about. And I don't disagree with that. And I understand how serious that is. But I also stand it's pretty serious when businesses have been shut down. People can't go to church. People can't assemble in their own homes with their friends, with their families. People can't go to a loved one's funeral. People can't get to their government, petition their representative to redress their grievances. Right. I also understand the First Amendment is pretty darn important. And it's been a year. And I want to know when right. Americans will get those First Amendment liberties right. back. Well, you just said people cannot assemble in their own homes. They can. That's a CDC recommendation for vaccination. Not last fall they couldn't. I'm, I didn't hear. Not it. last fall they couldn't. I, I didn't hear what he said. Yeah, Dr. Fauci wasn't taking any of his shit anymore. I'm not sure what that congressman was trying to do. Is that the Fox moment that he's been looking for now that Matt Gates is nowhere to be found on Fox? 
and out of Jim Jordan's way, you know, because nobody wants to bring him on anymore with all the scandals going on with Mr. Gates. So now Jim Jordan's, he can try and bully his way onto a regular prime time spot on the prime time anchorman show. Channel 4 News with five-time Emmy award-winning anchor Ron Burgundy. Chamkine Sports. Rick Tamlin Weather. And your reporter in the field, Brian Fantana. It's Channel 4 News at 6 o'clock. Good evening. I'm Ron Burgundy, and this is what's happening in your world tonight. A La Jolla man clings to life at a university hospital after being viciously attacked by a pack of wild dogs in an abandoned pool. Hey, everybody! Shut the hell up! Ron Burgundy's on! Quick sidebar. Those directors of the Anchorman movies... You guys know they were making fun of the Fox News heads, right? You know that, right? Anyways, I don't know what the fuck Jim Jordan was doing up there. You decide. But listen, crying and bitching got him nowhere with Dr. F. When are people going to start getting their liberties back, Jim Jordan says, in less time than in 1918 with the Spanish flu? That took like two, three years. Technology has moved along so much that we're not having to stay, you know, locked down as long as, as we had to back then. California has a plan of, I think, June or July to open fully up, you know, up at a full capacity. So, I mean, it's, it's a year, not two or three, like I said, like in 1918. Then Jim Jordan goes on about how people can't go to church and gather. He keeps saying churches, 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 like he's a church man. Please pull up Congressman Jim Jordan and Ohio State. He's a fucking creeper. But in terms of gathering in churches, you can now. Now under Biden, there's organization and the shots are getting distributed. I mean, he's drilling Dr. Fauci like this was a plot to abolish families and churches. No, you piece of shit. Why are you trying to fill people's heads with garbage? This was, is, a fucking pandemic. States made public health decisions for the good of the American people. And we're starting to come out of it now. It's all a process. Things were tight last spring and fall. Yes, dumbass. It was the height of the pandemic and there was no vaccine. So yeah, people were locked the fuck down. We're trying to figure it out. This fucking Jim Jordan, he's not a stupid man. He knows exactly what he's doing. And what he's doing is taking advantage of the American people, the Fox, the Newsmax, the own viewer. He's taking advantage of them and he's taking them for stupid people with zero logic skills. Don't fall for this, people. Jim Jordan, you are a fucking asshole. And Ohio... Get rid of this clown come 2022. He does not give two shits about you. Fuck you, man. All right, guys. It's been a great morning hanging out with my people. 
I'm off to get my foot up and on some ice again. Derek Chauvin. Guilty as charged, motherfucker. Do not drop the soap, my man. I repeat. Do not drop the soap. Kyle Rittenhouse, you are on deck, little man. Our legal system at work, friends, gives me hope. Lock them up. All right, guys. We'll see you next week, guys. Hang in there. I'm hanging in there, too. Remember that. Until next time. I got your back, guys. Peace.